Is there intro music? We just well, there was. <laughs> oh. Well, <laughs> hello, good people. Oh, oh there it is. Now it kicks in. No, too late. Too late. Okay. Hello, good people. Fuck it. Hello, good people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the Geek Matrix episode 185. That's us. Yeah, because I, for- I think I forgot to said- say the number last week. Mm-hmm. So it's I think possible. I'm just jump- jumping ahead a little bit. Anyway, we are here. My name is Rob. As always, joining me today is Brandon. Hello, hello. And Josh. Yay, that's me. The one nobody agrees with. <laughs> <laughs> that may change this week though Ooh. there's only one way to find out i'm very very curious as to what this means <laughs> uh all right so we're here as always to speak about these week's dc comics releases as well as maybe some news and boy has there's been a week for some fucking news eh there has um my life has been upside down so i wasn't able to write any of it down but first before we dive into it yep i i want to give you guys a report on the last of the homework i read amazing Mm spider-man ultimate spider-man excuse me and um it was good i just didn't have that emotional appeal um yeah right i uh i checked out um oh shit what was the other one Oh, the coal! Holy yes. cow, mm. that was so mm. damn good. And I then with, that was amazing. It was so good. And I'm then, so glad you guys um, liked it. It was uh, it was a really good one. I'm I'm dude. If they don't, I need a season two. Just saying. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, literally just wrapped last week, so yeah, everyone's hanging in suspense. <laughs> but uh, I finally got around. Um, life has been crazy around here, but I finally got around to reading Ultimate Black Panther. And wow, man, that is really interesting. That is right? really interesting. Mm-hmm. And Kanshu, Moon Knight, baby. Except, no, because Kanshu's a bad guy, but still Moon Knight, just not Moon Knight, baby. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, hey, good recommendation, man. I, I enjoyed that first issue. It's a solid first issue. Oh, yeah. Be interesting to see what Killmonger's dynamic is in all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that reveal to me might have been the most interesting. Killmonger and Storm. Yeah, yeah. Or Wind Rider. Yeah. yeah not Storm. <laughs> Wind Rider. Not Storm. Yeah. Aurora. Yeah. We'll go with that. Speaking of Aurora, we got Aurora. finally Roro, not not Scooby Doo. <laughs> Even though I just realized he kind of looked like Shaggy. I used to. That's, that's <laughs> my hair. Wild. My hair used to be down to my shoulders, man. And you even say "man" in like the like the perfect way. <laughs> can can you just just one time? Can you go Scoob, Scoob? Oh my god! <laughs> Done. Move over, Matthew Lillard. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, I do like my sandwiches. (laughs) 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 Anyway, speaking of Aurora, Monroe, that is, uh, we finally got a trailer just today for X-Men 97, the animated series sequel to X-Men 92 back in the 90s. Can I get a woo-woo? Hell yeah. Uh, that, That ran for, I think, five seasons, maybe six. I think only five. 
and ended five, with five, I the think. I think it was five ended with the death of Charles Xavier. Uh, shit, spoiler alert if anybody was watching it currently to catch up or watching it for the first time. But <laughs> for all of us people that lived in the 90s, we saw it live. Um, mm-hmm. and this is picking up where that leaves off. Uh, because the series ended in 1996, maybe 1997, is picking up there. That's why it's called no 97. Shit. Yeah. Are you but serious? See, it's I picking, didn't yeah, picking up that. right where the, the previous series left off. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Here, I was thinking we were going to end up with some kind of a reboot. Obviously, I haven't been following the X Men 97 news, but oh, I figured no. we were going to get some kind of reboot that was cool. But the fact that they're just continuing the story, oh, yeah, dude, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's like to a T. The whole team is there. Uh, they got Cyclops, Jean Grey, Storm, Beast, uh, Wolverine, uh, Jubilee. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Bishop is there. He's on the team and Morph. Nice. Did I, I say Morph? Gambit and Rogue as well. Oh no! Shit! Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And there's there's one epic moment in the trailer where Wolverine is. I want to say this is when they're fighting some Sentinels. Wolverine is running. Gambit jumps on his back and then uh, supercharges his claws with the kinetic energy. Oh yeah, and it looks dope <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> How could it not look dope as fuck? right? I won't spoil the very end of the the trailer. Uh, there, but there's two moments at the end of the trailer that are just like, oh, this is perfect. I can't wait. Right, yeah, I'm I definitely gonna have to check that out. Can't fucking sure. wait. Yeah, definitely check out the trailer for sure. It it was fantastic. Brandon, have you ever watched the old X Men animated series? I haven't watched the whole thing. I've seen like episodes here and there. Yeah, mm. I I will say it didn't age well, <laughs> but yeah. the in the '90s it was fucking amazing. Yeah, it was up there with, with Spider Man. Mm. Yeah, um, was, uh, yeah little little before my time. I think. X-Men Evolution was more my generation. I loved X-Men Evolution, not gonna lie. That that I I loved it. What what was his name? Spike? Spike, yeah. Yeah. That was the, the, the new that show. Um, yeah. Yeah, I had like um I had like a DVD of the first five or six episodes or something. I must have watched that like ten times. I don't even think I ever watched the rest <laughs> of the series. I just watched that. That's how I know yeah. it. There was I can't remember if it was in Evolution. I know what happened in the end the, the 90s series, but I think it happened in Evolution as well, where Wolverine met Captain America. Mm-hmm. They had crossovers in Evolution. I don't remember anything like that, but I never yeah. saw Evolution. Oh, it was it was actually pretty good. The costumes were kind of weird, but the rest of the show was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so in other news, we are going back to Saturday morning comics, which is a phrase I coined over the weekend. Um, there's been a huge influx of comics based on cartoons from our childhoods, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, and now we're going a bit further back than that in the decades. I believe it's all the way back to the 60s now. Space Ghost is getting a solo comic. Shut up. Did you, did you not read the, the link I sent two days ago? <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess not. Like I said, it should have been crazy. But... That's fair. Um, oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm coming, so coming from Dynamite. Uh, this is being written by David Pipos with art from Jonathan Lau. Um, Sweet. Oh, apparently it was Stealth announced in the back of Thundercats number one. 
I, I, I didn't must, even I must read it. That. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, didn't see that at all. Yeah, with the, the teaser for the release May 2024 just has the ghost rises and you can't even really see that. There you go. No, but still. Yeah. I, the ghost rises May 2024. The the art on this, which I assume would be the first cover, is bloody awesome. Um I look forward to that. I wasn't a huge Space Ghost fan, but uh, I it, it was cool as hell when I'm I excited did. for this. Yeah. I mean, my introduction to Space Ghost was Space Ghost Coast to Coast. I imagine. <laughs> um, <laughs> Man, what a show. Right. <laughs> I loved Harvey Birdman attorney at law. That was my dream. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Bird Girl is amazing, too. Just in oh, case I still nobody hasn't that. checked Shoot. that out. I never finished Harvey Birdman, so I, I really got to watch both. Uh, also, Skybound is uh, releasing or has announced the Energon Universe Special 2024 for Free Comic Book Day, which features three stories, one about Void Rivals, one about G.I. Joe, and one about Transformers, all written and drawn by the respective creative teams for each of those books. And it looks to be almost prequel stories for each of them. We did get a little preview of the Transformer story, and it does seem to be... Um, the Autobots and Decepticons on the Ark before they landed on Earth. Uh, so really, really, really a prequel to Transformers. So I imagine G.A. Joe and Void Rivals might be very similar. And finally, what I have, um, cross this off the list, uh, call it your bucket list, but also the list of things I thought would never fucking happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know what yeah. this one is. <laughs> I, I don't know who got this ball rolling or... Uh, like how it fucking started. Who who was the artist? Barry Kitson. Barry Kitson first posted about it, and then a couple of days later, it was for, uh, finally actually announced. Um, there are two Omnibi coming later this year: uh, DC versus Marvel Omnibus and DC slash Marvel: The Amalgam Age Omnibus, both publishing August sixth, twenty twenty four. Yeah, just to clarify, that's one that's going to tackle all of the Amalgam universe, and the other one that's just going to be Marvel and DC crossovers. Yeah, like you could Green not have done Surfer, that Batman, smarter. Daredevil, um, Superman versus the Amazing Spider-Man, like Uncanny X-Men versus the New Teen Titans, which I know Brandon is super excited about. Yeah, <laughs> no, that'll yeah. be. A, well, I, I'm just interested to see how they, because I'm usually not a big fan of of. Um, retouching old comics but i i am actually interested to see how they write how they might remaster this one because the original coloring is pretty good but it kind of bled into the pages like i have my copy A and lot. it looks nice but um mm. i think some of the coloring kind of ruined walt simonson's art so i would be interested to see how they might touch it up if they do yeah yeah hopefully doesn't get too messed up hopefully they do mm. a good job um and the Amalgamage Omnibus will collect all the one-shot issues for all the Amalgam Universe stories, plus uh, DC Marvel All Access 1 through 4, Unlimited Access 1 through 4, and DC vs. Marvel 1 through 4, which was the prequel events, uh, or the, the precursor event to the Amalgam Age of comics. Um, my mind is fucking blown. My jaw is on the floor. It has been for the past couple of days. I cannot believe this is happening. And I nope. will not believe it's happening until I see it on the shelf. Yeah. It's bloody wild. Yeah. And you, you want to know thing, who was behind it? I'm just going to attribute it to George Perez. 
Yes. I I really do want to believe that the high sales from uh, JL Avengers, the reprint after, which was honoring George Perez, hopefully the two companies kind of saw that. And like, okay, maybe we could go a bit further. Yeah. Maybe we yeah. could make some money off of this. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Although, ironically, neither of the collections actually collect JLA Avengers. No. Well, right. <laughs> but this, this is. This is seems to be strictly the 90s and prior. Yeah. yeah. My guess would be they have a little ace up their sleeve, like some kind of absolute or treasury-sized edition that uh, will reprint uh, JLA Avengers proper. Because the only problem with the George Perez reprint is it was limited to 6,000 copies, so not that many people were able to get them unless you were able to you know, cajole your LCS owner into pre-ordering one copy for you. And right. some people were upcharging for that. So it's just kind of a pain, but hopefully this will be a, a wider scale print that anyone can get their hands on. Hopefully. Fingers crossed, man. Fingers yeah. crossed. Um, there's only one thing I could think of that could come out of this. And Josh, you, you called it first. Um, Secret Crisis 2030. Let's fucking go. <laughs> it's coming. Let's fucking go. It's coming. <laughs> Jeff Johns. You old diehard, you. You're going to be writing Secret Crisis, and I'm going to love it. <laughs> I don't give a shit. It's happening. <laughs> only only six more years, guys. Only six more years. Six more years. That is it. Um, also, Brandon, I don't know. I think you Brandon's like, come on, guys. Sent <laughs> this. <laughs> I think you sent this after the show we did last week. Um, Jonathan Hickman and Sanford Green are doing a Doctor Doom against yes. Galactus mini. Uh, I think it's just a one shot, um, but but still really cool. Uh, I mean, it's always, you know, when Hickman does Doom, it's it's like the best Doom you've ever read outside of Lee and Kirby. Um, mm -hmm. So that was, I saw that and I was super excited just because I wanted to do more stuff with Doom, but it's just a one shot. It looks like him and, Sanford Green are going to collaborate on that both in storytelling and in art, which is really cool. Um, so yeah. yeah, no, that'll be a fun one. I hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, hope I, I have become a fan of Sanford Green. So you I'm sure? looking forward to seeing what's going on. You sure you've been a fan of Sanford Green? Yeah. And no, well, yes. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Sorry. <laughs> no problem. Um, style is pretty close to the same. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I, just that you poked, I poked back. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, um, my new favorite artists who are super close: Bernie Wrightson and Mike Mignola. <laughs> That's not funny. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of like others that are like completely opposite. I'm sure I can come up with a list. Oh, there's Raphael Grandpa and Liam Sharp. Yeah, exactly. Well, actually, I mean, yeah, no, that's that's like, pretty that's pretty pretty opposite. But they're very uh, close. If you put yeah, them like they, side they by have, side, I, like if Raphael Grandpa, I think he did do a cover for Green Lantern. And if I put that yeah. side by side with the cover for the Green Lantern, I wouldn't even be able to tell. It would be like that meme from the office. <laughs> they're the same picture. They're the same picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I just have two shout outs to finish off my thing of the news. First off, shout out to Pendragon Comics, who are not sponsoring this episode. Just want to put that out there. But Pendragon Comics, 
in Cloverdale Mall in uh, Toronto, Ontario. Thank you because you gave me this fucking book. I just on a whim decided to go check and I can't believe I fucking found it. My childhood, Mm -hmm. my hopes and dreams. In one issue. In one issue. Captain Carrot and the Amazing Zoo Crew. The mm-hmm. amazing zoo crew, Brandon. Number <laughs> yes. one. I was I was more amazed so that some of the creators involved in this were yeah yeah were were people now, what that was I knew the other that done other stuff. <laughs> what was the other title for Captain Carrot? There was another. Was it something about an arc? Yeah, that was part of Countdown. It was a three issue Countdown tie in, and it was Captain Carrot and the final arc. But it was arc spelled A R K, yeah, um, and it tied into the whole countdown storyline, where Earth twenty six basically died. And I, as much as I was happy to have Captain Carrot, I was also really pissed off that I had to watch their Earth go away. Right. Yeah. And finally, thank you. And it wouldn't be the last time. Wouldn't be the last time. No. (laughs) Thank you to Brandon, (laughs) you old dog, you. Oh yeah, this has been gifting. Gifting like a year me this. half in the works. Oh my god, I'm so happy. This this guy right here not only got me a trade copy of the Snatcher Core War Complete, but got it signed by <laughs> Jeff Johns, Peter Tomasi, and Pat Gleason. And they were happy to personalize it, by the way. I didn't even they I didn't say like I just all I said was like, could you please make it out to Rob? He's like the biggest lantern fan I know. And yeah, they added they, the no fear stuff. So yeah, to Rob, sure. keep on ring slinging. Yeah, I think that was Tomasi, which I'm so happy about. Yeah, right, <laughs> he's right, he's a really right, nice guy. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I don't Thank know. The so funny much, thing dude. is, like, I've met Tomasi four times. I've even interviewed him at this point. <laughs> Every time I meet him, it doesn't. I mean, I, why would he? He goes to hundreds of conventions, but it's just it's just funny this time. It's like. I see you every year. <laughs> Why don't you remember no me? Yeah. <laughs> hey, how's your con going? I was the last. Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, well, I'm glad it made it to you, and in one piece. I was a little yes. scared when you said it was damaged, but yeah, like um, Canada Post wrapped yeah. in an envelope that said, "Sorry, your package is damaged. We found it like this when it got to us." So I, I no. blame the United States Postal Service. You motherfucker. Hey, 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 hey. It probably hey, was. Hey. Honestly, they it treat that stuff was. like shit. It I, was. At, at least you got an envelope with a note saying, "Sorry, mate." Yeah, I mean, it's, get the it's Canada Post. They have to say yeah. sorry. <laughs> we just get it dropped off. Yeah. <laughs> it what if it's damaged beyond don't contact the postal carrier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I was I was having a stressful day that day, so I got home knowing knowing it was showing up, and then I get home and I'm excited oh, no. again. And I see that like the box is damaged. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh uh, no. <laughs> and then I open it, like relief, okay, it's okay. It's yeah. Like, <sighs> good well please enjoy reread it oh, again and again I and definitely again will yeah yeah oh i will i definitely will mm. and this time i can read it in one book instead of yes. two fucking hardcovers <laughs> volume one and volume two no this is one sold book i love it uh right so that's all i have for news uh what's going on with you guys you guys got anything interesting to talk about uh, I'm in the middle of a big 
comic reorganization project, which is oh boy. both exciting and horribly daunting. <laughs> I know how that feels. Like, okay, I got to pull this shit out and figure out where it goes. And so I'm just, I'm trying to figure out where I want to put everything because it's gotten to the point of my collection where it's, I, I have enough stuff that I can start to backlog by year, which is really cool, but it's also, but also just, yeah. it's also <laughs> just a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, so yeah. at this point it's like, okay, how do I want to organize everything? How do I want to sort it all and trying to figure that out? So I'm going to write up like a little plan and then stick to that. Um, me personally, I do publisher imprint series, or excuse me, publisher imprint volume and then series. That's too complex. <laughs> I usually just do it by alf like alphabetically and mm -hmm. sometimes by year. Um, cause it's kind of easier and that way I know how to track it down, but because it's, it's like, I'm trying to sort it by year. What I might do instead is like, here's all the books I read in 2023. Like, and, and I, this is the part where I'm trying to figure out exactly how I want to do it because there are runs that I have that extend into multiple years. Like I just, I have my bed's kind of a mess right now, but like I pulled all the stuff from Philip Kennedy Johnson's action comics and that's like two years. So I'm like, mm -hmm. do I want to put chunks of that in separate boxes marked for separate years or just all in one place as one complete run? That's I prefer the latter because that's what I've done with others. But sometimes it's kind of hard to keep track of like which run is which. So what I might do is I'll have some boxes that are just dedicated to complete runs and then some are like mini series slash miscellaneous first and second issues of right. series I didn't finish. For you got a year categorized alphabetically. I think you got to set it up to where like this is your DC comic collection, and inside of that yeah. you have Wildstorm and Vertigo, Black Label, but you also have your well, main these are these are just flops. These aren't uh, trades. Well, right, but I said you main DC. You start out with Action Comics, and you got one through five hundred and twelve there, and then Adventure Comics, <laughs> so on and so forth. That took me forever to yeah. organize my comics and make that decision. So I. I don't blame you, <laughs> not by any stretch. It's just a pain, and yeah. I'm also very lazy. I used to organize them by week of release. Mm. Holy crap! I thought about doing that. That's I used to take pictures, dude. Yeah, I used to I used to take pictures of the stuff I'd buy week to week, so I could remember. Um, and if I ever wanted to organize it by like month or whatever, I could do that. But I, like I said, I'm also very lazy, so I yeah. stopped doing that. No, I realized that in order to do it like that, I'd have to keep maintaining this massive spreadsheet. It's, it's just a lot. <laughs> it's it's like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I know. You need to hire like a goon to take care of this for me. Yep, we all need minions. I, I just keep mine very simple. Release order and alphabetical. So, like, my trades will have Aquaman or Action Comics and Aquaman, then Batman, then Detective Comics, and so yeah. on. And then I'll have release order, like, in the trades, Batman Hush, then R.I.P., then New 52, and so on. Mm. And same with the floppies. Yeah. And, like, when you have annuals and whatnot, or, like, a one-shot, I'll put that... I'll have the whole run, and then I'll put the single issues that might have come out during that run, but not connected to that run at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And then that'll go into yeah. the next run. Oh, well, that's yeah. Cause that was another thing too. Cause I have, um, it's, it's a little weird, but I have, um, I, I don't know. Is it, 
I don't I don't want to like pull it all out because it's gonna derail the conversation. But like for for the action stuff, like I have I have that first arc that he did. I think it's the Golden Age, and then immediately after that, I have Superman and the Authority because I, I just it's important to that run. Yeah, you kind of need to read it to understand the rest of it. So I have that sandwiched in between that and the start of War World Rising. Right, um, and then the rest of it is just that run. But then there was also that doomsday one shot that came out i forget when that was um it was just like and that's just kind of like floating ago. around so I, I don't really know where to put that so i'm like do i just is that a part of the run is it essential or should I, that just be a floppy that i would put in the 2023 pile i don't really know. i mean if, if you categorize your annuals together that's one thing but i like how i would do it i would just put that at the end of the run like post 1060 yeah. Right. If you're doing it like by writer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's like by writer or by run, I guess. Yeah. Like the, the complete story. Yeah. Wow. That's super complicated. Yeah. Or yeah. just well, here, just it's, employing it's a whole nother level of dedication that I can do. Like Green Lantern number zero in the 90s. I don't have I have it at the end or the beginning. I don't have it between 12 and 13, which I think is when it came out. Yeah, see, yeah. me, it's completely numerical. It just has yeah. to be, or else I break. Say with the one million, I just, I just like right to the end. Yeah, I just, I just like having the complete story because I know if I'm going to reread it, I want to read it as you know, as it was, as the complete story. Yeah. So, like, so this is what I'm talking about. So, like, I have the Golden Age followed by Superman and the Authority, and then this is pretty much just the rest of the run. Um, and then I don't have the, I think the one shot is somewhere over there, but like. I haven't I haven't bagged these yet, but this is like the last arc. Um, and what I want to do is like this is this is the complete run, right? This is right. like a fucking Bible. And so what I what I plan to do is like I'll just put this in a short box or something, and then that's like I know that's the complete run. And if I want to go back to it, I'll just find it. That's action comics by Philip Kennedy Johnson et al. And then I can just read it. Yeah. You know, from there. It's a good idea. Yeah. Also, if you want me to send yeah. you some of these plastic sleeves, they're mm. they're great for just hanging on the wall. It's got a little hole here. You just put a thumbtack in, and you can have it on on display. Like I don't want to do that anymore. I have. <laughs> he liked reading them too much. Well, no, like you can take them out. Like I have them bagged and boarded, and then the bag oh, board inside. So if I ever want, yeah. like I can change it on a whim, and I can read it whenever I want. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like it's not sealed in a case, like yeah. PVC or anything. It's just a sleeve that you can like have it on display a little easier, mm. right? Yeah, I got, cool. I have like dozens. Mm. Like they were all these, oh, these cool. like page protectors from work they were gonna throw out. So I like, let me fucking take the whole bunch. Like I could, yeah. I could put these to work <laughs> to work, save them from the landfill. I ever find a high quality Mark of Cain number one or part one. I'll be asking you for one of those. Podcasts. No, I will. I will send them. To, and if I ever, <laughs> if I, if I ever send a comic to you guys, like it'll come in one of these because I trust the protection mm. on these. I was, I was trying to find one, but I couldn't find because I was going to send that with the cast because I thought that. Oh would be fun. yeah. Like, you could have the mini comic and then the, the actual one, but I didn't realize how expensive it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a little up there, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll get it sooner or later. Preferably sooner, but you know we'll see what happens. Oh, at, at that shop, Josh, I don't know if you saw, uh, they had a copy of the first appearance of Cassandra. 
that would be the mark of Kane part one. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. is that what you guys were just talking about? Yeah, what is that, like 567, yeah. 587? Five, no, 560 something, I want to say. So probably yeah. 567. I have the probably 567, I think. It Somewhere in that number. Exactly 567. Yep. Oh, I yeah, knew it was in go. the 560s. So. Yeah. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, yeah, No Man's Land, $95. Sexy. Yeah, I, was, I, I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> yeah, and, maybe, maybe not this time. Well, I, I didn't even see it, but right next to it is Judas Contract. Oh God, that's sexy. Oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> Holy shit. I didn't even notice that. Is that is that um <laughs> what 44? The first um, I, I, I only oh. see the portion of it. This is, I think it's Tales of the Teen Titans. If it if it has yeah it should be Tales of the Teen Titans forty four and mm. if it has Nightwing in the right cover yeah or left cover yeah, yeah then it should be the that Disco one. Wing costume right yes yeah. that'd be it yeah. do you yep. have any idea how exciting it was to crack that open when it came out oh I can't imagine well <laughs> I can't imagine I like spent a week trying to bid on it and junior year of high school until i finally won i checked that thing for every hour for seven days <laughs> and i won i will not be defeated i was like i'm not going down this is my time it's the only time i ever got it for under or ever saw it for under 30 dollars. and i was like i don't care i probably shouldn't spend that much on a single comic but like fuck it if i can if i can defeat my enemy and win this comic at a reasonable price. Damn it, I'm gonna do it. And Damn I did. It, I'm yep. gonna do it. <laughs> Excellent. Hey Josh, do you have anything to share? Nah, no, I don't. Things have been crazy, but it's all it's all my health and and fighting for Dash and all of that. So same old, same old situation over here. Other than I read a Marvel comic and I thought, huh, that's pretty good. Which is amazing in itself. Indeed. Because it's not Doctor oh. Strange or Moon Knight. So, <laughs> Speaking of, of Josh's homework, we also had some homework. Uh, and I'm, I'm pleased to say that despite how oh, yeah, kind of goofy I think the characters still look, yeah. I had a great time reading Thundercats. Yeah, it was so actually pretty good. Recommendation. Yeah. I'm definitely, I mean, I said I'd read three issues, but you know, first issue was strong and that's always a good start. So yeah. who knows? I could actually end up reading more than three. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> yeah. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. That's, that's, we have, we got to start another show just Saturday morning comics. and just talk <laughs> about all the, like G.I. Joe, Transformers, Thundercats, Space Ghost, just go through the whole thing. They got, uh, uh, is it Dynamite? Dynamite even has Saturday morning adventures titles uh, for the Ninja Turtles. And yeah. I believe that line is probably expanding because it's got a oh, banner well, for Saturday morning adventures. I'm sure we're going to do a massive plug for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when that first issue comes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Are know. we jumping on the TMNT relaunch? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I am. Yeah. I definitely am. Yeah, I think I want to check it out. Eastman nah, is involved. I'm, I'm so excited. Oh, is he? Sure. Okay, yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> How do you not want to jump on that? It's just, yeah. I'm I'm there. I am yeah. there. Yeah. I don't know. I'm 
I, this is this is this is one of those good times where it's like because sometimes you hear the name Jason Aaron, and you go, oh, okay, <laughs> what, are, what are we in store for? Yeah, but I don't. I mean, we'll talk about it this week because we have a book from Jason Aaron. But yeah. I'm I'm in a good place. We got Batman Off World, and it's great. And Action Comics is great. Once Upon a Time at the End of the World is great. I'm in a good place. Oh, see, so. Jason Aaron is doing that too. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, once upon a time. time. No, once upon a time at the end of the world. Oh yeah, no, that's his uh, creator-owned book. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Right on. Mm. Speaking cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting into action comics because I've got some notes. <laughs> mm. I've got some right. fucking. Uh, but yes. we that's that's not till the bonus show. So be sure to tune in for the bonus show. Subscribe to our Discord to get access to that. Where we'll be talking about Action Comics 1062, Sinister Sons number one, Red Hood the Hill number one, which Josh dreamed up out of a fever, and mm-hmm. Batman number 143. But in our main free show right now, we will be talking about, first off, Blue Beetle number six. Actually, before that, I was going to jump right into it. Josh, you want to give us the honorable mentions? Oh, sure. We'll talk about it more in the bonus show. But uh, this week, we had Batman City of Madness number three, Speed Force number four, and Wesley Dodds the Sandman number five. Those are all the honorables worth mentioning. Hell yeah. And in order, three, four, five. Somebody needs to go play the lotto. But uh, like Rob said, our first issue we are covering in full on the main show is Blue Beetle number six. And yeah, three, four, five, six. Fancy that. Oh, maybe, shit. Ain't that so. It's a good. <laughs> All right. So this is written by Josh. Jo- wow. You said Josh Drew Willow. Uh, Josh True Yellow uh, with art from Adrian Gutierrez, colors from Will Quintana, and letters from Lucas Catoni with an amazing cover from Gutierrez and Luis Guerrero. So we get a brief intro, uh, the um, kind of origin of Javier Balsuado, um, yeah, uh, where he gained uh, Ka'afre and the Blood Scarab bonded to his body. Uh, he was uh, an explorer in his own right, who also read the works of Dan Garrett and was excited to see the pyramid that Dan discovered Kajida in. Uh, but instead found the blood scare, which bonded to him, as I mentioned. And then we cut back to the fight between him and Jaime. Uh, Jaime is struggling to get to his feet as Kaji Dodd needs a bit of a reboot period. So the rest of the, the team, including the, the two other Beatles, um, Starfire, uh, I forget the other person's name, and Glimmer. Who's the person with the magic bag? Uh, fade away. Damn it! No, not fade away. The other one. Um, I oh, know. I was thinking of. I was yeah. thinking of Glimmer. Yeah, was, Glimmer is the one that has the tr- bag of tricks. Yes. Oh, oh, that's okay. I was thinking the one with the scarf was Glimmer. Okay, so fade away is with the scarf. Glimmer with the bag of tricks. Okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah. they are um, taking on the Blood Scarab minions. Um, Ziamara gets her arm broken by the blood scarab as she tries to interfere uh, while the blood scarab is marching towards ha- Jaime. <clears throat> so uh, the green one, whose name I forget, <laughs> uh, uses her own power, uh, which is, I imagine, very unique to this scarab and becomes gigantic, 
which was quite surprising. Then squishes the blood scarab, uh, but blood scarab is able to break free from her hand, punch her in the face. Um, then Starfire comes in and does what she can to just blast the shit out of Kavre blood scarab uh but basically just holding him off uh, while kajita is rebooting and as kajita finishes uh, goes straight into legato mode and jaime is ready to take the fight straight to uh blood scarab's face and they have a big brawl right in the middle of the arena they are in where javier is trying his best to fight against kavre and is actually gaining a bit of control. Jaime realizes this and figures maybe there's another way to do this, but that's when Kajida takes over control and Kavre is fighting for control. Jave has just enough uh, to stand still, so Kajira... No, Kajida... Well, fucking too much. Too, mu too much uh, similarities. Um, Kajida is able to strike a killing blow straight to Javier and the Blood Scarab uh, with an objective completes. He then releases control back to Jaime uh, who is then fallen to his knees and is just completely upset that Kaji would not let him take control back and ends up killing Javier, but that's when Attackion Blast um centers around Jaime and he explodes and disappears next the hunt for Kaboom. Ted Cord uh, so so very interesting fight um, issue 6 end of the first arc excuse me you get what you asked for you get what you were expecting is a big brawl um, and it ended in a way that I wasn't expecting. I don't know if anybody else expected this, but like I've been talking about how this is Sentai book. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the, the classic Sentai trope is the evil extra member who starts out evil and then the good guys fight him or her to a standstill and then they join the team and become good. And I thought for sure that's what was going to happen here. That uh, Kajida was going to be able to like interact with Kafre and explain things and hack the systems and then Kafre we're like okay maybe you're on the good side like it already happened with the other two why not can't I have a blood scare but no here he is Javier is dead uh, but then the tachyons happened and when tachyons happen in comic books that only means one thing time travel in the year 2000. <laughs> uh, so I think Jaime and Kajida end up back in the age of Dan Garrett when he first finds the Scarab and they see the origins of that and an older, uh, decades-old Kajida and see the origins of Kaafre and maybe plant a subroutine there that Kajida somehow knew about that if Kajida wins against Kaafre, Kaafre will reboot and become good. And then we will still have our extra member. It's still a Sentai book. I'm not giving up on that. <laughs> like, that was just a punch to the chest. I don't think that was strong enough to just kill him. I'm not convinced Probably. of that. Yeah, Javier was already on the good side. Like, I'm, I'm convinced mm -hmm. uh, issues, issue eight, he might just come back. Uh, I'm curious what this hunt for ten cord thing is, though. So that's that's going to be interesting. That this book has been stellar. 
Um, the art was really good. The story is interesting. I'm in love with it. I'm giving this issue a nine out of ten. And I, I, uh, why don't you go ahead first, Brandon? No, I, I mean, my review is pretty simple, honestly. Just uh, eight out of ten for me. Solid issue. I, I think I like what uh, Rob is imagining the next issue to be. I don't know if you looked ahead at the solicitation. No, I haven't, so I'm not really sure. I really haven't. Oh, um, but I do like that. I think that would be cool, you know, going back to the past and meeting up with Ted Cord and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no, just, you know, another solid book. I definitely agree. I mean, we've kind of talked about how this is a Sentai book, but it's really, it's leaned into it. It's even got like the expanded cast of side characters yeah. made up of, you know, obscure DC characters like gimmicks and <laughs> fade away and all that gimmicks, stuff, which I like. That's what, oh, it's um, not Glimmer. Yeah. Why am I thinking of Glimmer? Yeah, gimmicks from for a sec because i was like what the fuck but i know i know gimmicks because she was in that first failed incarnation of the seven soldiers of victory uh, Grant Morrison's uh, anyway um no this this book just continues to be fun um but i have to say honestly like as much as i love the story um this cover for me is is what really got me excited yeah about this book. Like, so cool looking cover good right like it's right? and everything yeah, yeah I, love I love the inversion of of red beetle at the bottom mm -hmm. um just a really cool design layout so yeah eight out of ten for me mm -hmm. yeah i'm i'm with you brandon i love that cover it's awesome so is the rest of the issue um we have spoke uh previously about what it would be like for jaime if he did have to kill the blood scarab uh we were right he didn't take it very well it's it's uh it's devastating to him, but he doesn't really get any time to feel it before getting sucked off to find Ted Cord. That was not the right way to say that, but you know what I mean. Um, I have a feeling, oh, Rob, uh, <laughs> like <laughs> I have a feeling like Brandon uh, that you may be onto something. This time traveling back to the Dan Jarrett thing, interacting with the Blood Scarab uh, at that point could... Uh, be a whole thing about uh, Jaime and Kajida working together to resolve the fact that Jaime had to kill somebody. And hopefully that's, that's something that we will get to see. Um, the art is pretty as always. And this whole story has just been wonderful. It's so good to see Jaime Reyes in a series that he deserves in a series that deserves him. I love it so, so much. Uh, I do feel like the fight of could have been, should have been a little longer but this issue was a couple pages shorter than your average book, too. So not too much off for that. Um, I'm was giving it, really? it a very. Yeah, it was like 20. It was like three or four pages shorter. Wow, I didn't even um, notice. But it's uh, it gets a very solid 8.75 out of 10 for me. Right on. Good shit. Yeah. Speaking of good shit. Mm. <laughs> Josh. was that your transition i wasn't really sure what you were yeah, saying yeah yeah it is josh gonna hate me for this one it's Ugh. batman and robin number six brought to us <laughs> by brandon <laughs> i thought you were at least gonna do like a, a pun about no. soccer or heroes or something I, just good shit i'm not just clever. good shit. sometimes it's you need some clever enough right now for that <laughs> josh, uh, well, josh like rob said this show. is he was yeah. more interested um, in poking the bear than he was in the transition. That's <laughs> I, I am more of a shit disturber these days than a pun master. <laughs> that was a pun master in my 20s. I'm a shit disturber in my 30s. Well, now we need you to do smooth and wonderful transitions. That, and if you can't deliver, you're out, kid. That's my 40s. 
Anyway, as Rob said, this is this is Batman and Robin number six, written of course by Joshua Williamson with art from Nikola Chizmezchija. I think that's how you say it. Uh, colors by Rex Locus and letters from Steve Wands with a, another gorgeous cover by Simone DeMeo. Our issue starts with a recap of all the information they have learned about, um, oh my God, why did I forget his name? Zach, sorry. Um, Zach, who is the boy that they've been trailing, uh, who apparently has an infatuation with Zaz, but uh, aside from that is a perfect student, a model student at Gotham High and exhibits no weird or strange behavior, um, aside from the fact that he's obsessed with Zaz. Um, and so really right now what they're trying to, what Batman and Robin, that is, are trying to do is uh, observe a prison transport of Zaz uh, just to see if there's going to be any kind of suspicious activity that they may be able to trace back to Zach. And wouldn't you know it, something like that literally happens as the prison transport is destroyed, presumably some kind of, presumably by some kind of rocket launcher, uh, which sends Zaz flying over to the side and gives him momentary freedom. Um where he is able to be not so much rescued, but given assistance um, by a mysterious figure in a white mask uh, who offers him his trusted knife. Uh, but before Zaz can celebrate too much, Batman and Robin arrive on the scene uh, to make sure that shit does not get crazier. Uh, Zaz and this mysterious stranger we obviously know who it is, but we'll pretend that we don't for a little bit longer. Team up a little bit to fight Batman and Robin, respectively. Uh, but once Robin rips off the mask and reveals that their stranger is none other than Zack, surprise, surprise, and that he's just a little kid, Zaz, in Zaz fashion, ends up taking the kid hostage and basically says, I'll kill him if you even try anything which Zach seems all too happy about because he is totally devoted to seeing Zaz fulfill his vision. Um, but Robin is able to get the jump on him a little fast uh, before moving in and has a moment where he contemplates delivering the killing blow, um, but uh, is distracted by Zach, who is begging him not to kill Zaz, claiming that uh, Zaz is his father and that he wants him to leave him alone, which of course old Vic finds to be hilarious because Number one, of course, he's not going to have any kids. He's a psychopath. And two, even if he were to have kids, it would not be a whiny, bitch-ass little kid like Fuck Zach, punk. which breaks his heart, but, you know, at least gives Batman enough time to give Zaz a sock right in the jaw and knock him out. Um, Zach is then handed over to the police where we get a little bit more information about his backstory. Originally a runaway whose parents were killed by Zaz. He had rewritten his own memory to believe that Zaz was his parents, or that Zaz killed his parents to free him, um, and that Zaz was actually his father. Um, but uh, I think Robin rather rightly deduces that Z Zach, not Zaz, had access to some hardware that a kid should probably not have, and decides to turn his attention back to Principal Stone which we follow up on the next day as he has a confrontation with Stone alleging that she is, of course, not only Mistress Harsh, but also Shush, one of the two. Um, she feigns confusion and saying, I don't know what you're talking about, but 
Damien, of course, is is stubborn about this and is claiming that he has eyes on her and is going to make sure that he proves that she is actually one of these people. Um, but uh, at least for now, there's really nothing that they can do to prove it. Um, and Damien gets a little shit about it from one of the bullies that he's been dealing with. But uh, before he can fight back, his father calms him down, even though Damien claims he was not going to do that um, or he was not going to fight back. The next sequence is just a nice little father and son bonding moment um, where Bruce comes in and wants to talk about, you know, I guess some of the bullying he's been dealing with at school. And that's when Damien opens up a little bit and shows him the comic that he's been working on, The Adventures of Damien Vane and The Murder of the Crows. And it's just a nice little wholesome moment where Bruce is really kind of encouraging his art skills. Uh, but they're interrupted before they can have some more bonding to go and... I guess, track down uh, Man Bad, who apparently has triggered an alarm at one of his old hideouts, which, of course, Bruce has access to. Um, they make their way there and see a bunch of crazy bat cultists trying to start some shit. But before they can intervene, who should show up but Flatline? You guys remember Flatline yeah. from the old Robin series from two years ago? <laughs> um and they have a, a nice little friendly reunion, Robin and Flatline, before Batman interjects with the very comical friend of yours, son, uh, as our issue comes to a close. Mm -hmm. Classic girlfriend meeting the parents yeah. moment. It'll be nice to see how that all plays out mm -hmm. in the next issue. But um, yeah, no, this was a fun one. I'm, I'm still enjoying this series a lot. And I kind of had some gripes about the art in the last issue just because I felt like it was a weird shift from... DeMeo to um, Chismezchija. I liked it more in this issue. I think I just have gotten used to it, although I think I still would prefer DeMeo on the book. But I think he's back with the next issue, so that'll be nice. Um, but other than that, it's just fun. And I'm always welcoming more Damien and Bruce moments, so I appreciate that a lot. So I gave the issue an 8.5 out of 10. I'm on the opposite, where I do like Simone DeMeo, but I think I much prefer Chismezchija on this. I like their mm -hmm. art a lot better when it comes to this series. I think it fits the story a lot more. Um, mm -hmm. I I enjoyed this issue for the most part. Um, I, I can't really say that there's any part in particular I disliked, but there's parts I enjoyed more than others, and that's just like the annual I enjoy these father-son moments, I think is the really shining star of this run so far, is like the title suggests is Batman and Robin being father and son. And it's something we've been wanting for a long fucking time. At least I have, I don't know if the rest of the fan base has, but I know I have. So I am, I am eating that up. Well, I guess just more of it. Cause you know, there was a time where they had their own book yeah. and you were getting a lot of that stuff. And then I think once rebirth started, they were kind of just doing yeah. their own thing. I mean, so Damien it's been a while. <laughs> like, <laughs> like not, you know, not even halfway through that entire series in the new 52. Um, mm. But like, it's been a long time since we've had these, these nice moments. And this is full of just the nice father, son moments, father, son bonding. And I think it's really cool to see. It's the only part I really enjoyed this overall plot with man bat. I could give two shits about um the stuff with i, I i'll call her hush gonna it was mistress harsh uh that that's interesting enough i don't care about shush not hush shush uh but if there's a tie-in to mistress harsh which is interesting enough i'll i'll take it um 
So for the father-son moments and the bonding and Flatland showing up and just the the cute like Bruce trying to be a good father thing, I like it. I'll, I will give it a seven point five out of ten. Brandon, uh oh, what's up? What did you think about this one? He already said. Oh yeah, that's right. It says I, I just gave my first. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I just wasn't looking forward to giving mine. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, the art depicting the explosion going off and it rocking Batman and Robin was really good. Um, I don't know if you guys know what panel it is that I'm talking about, but I I love the way that they did that. The way that they showed the motion, it was really cool, and it did it did a really good job of of showing it. Yeah, I'll be honest, um, I don't even remember an explosion. <laughs> see. I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah, you know what one I'm talking about? Rob, you don't? Hmm. Yeah, uh, I'll look it up. On, uh, I think, like the, what is that, fourth page? Oh, so it's early Fourth on. page, second panel? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Third, no, that, that looks really good, yeah. yeah. You can see, like, it's translucent, but you can see, like, the motion and stuff. I really appreciated that. Um, past that, oh, good flatline showed up. I guess that means we're going to get another fucking date issue. Anyway, the art is great. <laughs> <laughs> the, the art is great. The story is just there. Um, feels super generic. Um, uh, very, very, very cardboard tasting familial moments. It feels it feels like really empty. So it's um, the pizza pizza of comic books. It's the pizza pizza's box. Oh, pizza pizza, it's just cardboard. Wait, is pizza pizza in the US? No, but I know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. And it's like you know the box that mm. pizza pizza comes in? Yeah, that, that that tastes better uh, than pizza pizza. Right. Um it's just uh, it's, it's just like fucking cart sauce on cardboard. Yeah. And uh what's what's like the US equivalent of like a really cardboard-ish pizza hung, place? Uh Hungry thing. Howie's or Little Caesars. Little C oh my I actually used to like Little Caesars once when I was upon a, kid, a time. I it doesn't hold oh, up. Little now. Caesars up here is yeah. gold. Yeah, but down here, little Caesars <laughs> uh uh uh, tagline it's it's uh slogan is pizza pizza yeah it was up here for yeah. longer <laughs> but they're, they're um yeah i think i think they're they're i haven't had it in a while so i couldn't say but as i remember their breadsticks were usually the thing that i most enjoyed uh yeah i think that i think they're pretty good i don't know we go to domo moms all the time yeah i just had dominoes today yeah we call it Dama Moms or Dama Dads, depending on who's supposed yeah. to be cooking. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Feel free to kill me. I can eat Domino's anytime, but I don't think it's that good. I think it's kind of average. They use too much tomato. Oh, no, no, awesome. no. See, I get the we go, sauce. Yeah, we go light garlic sauce <laughs> or light ranch, and it's chicken, bacon, and uh, banana peppers. Yum. Mm. 
That's a good combination. Regular um, garlic sauce, Brooklyn. Brooklyn I'm just trying to keep you talking about pizza because I, <laughs> I want you to talk about something nice and not how much you like <laughs> I'm not gonna go out on forever and ever. It just it feels like this series is written. <laughs> Let's talk about it without <laughs> pizza. Pizza. Um, I I, just, I feel like this this series, like most things he writes, is is written without an end goal in mind, or he's got an end goal but no idea how he's getting there. It feels like there's some blanks getting filled in as as we go along here, and that's not doing me any favors in regards to the book. Um, this is not his worst effort, and the art sure helped a lot. I will give this a six out of ten. And seeing how I am 100% unequivocally the outsider on that book, I'm going to move <laughs> into the Batman adjacent Outsiders book myself. Outsiders number four, written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, art by Robert Carey, colors by Valentina Tedio, Tedeo, letters by Tom Napolitano, and the cover is from Roger Cruz with Adriano Lucas colors. Uh, this book has a lot of pages covering a little bit of things, but it does it perfectly. It's an origin story. We got new century babies. Ah, ah. Well, at least one. And <laughs> well, well, I'll get into that later. But I have, I have some thoughts. I, I not bad thoughts, just thoughts that I'm, I think are interesting. I can't wait to hear him because your memory is way better than mine, and you've probably read it a whole lot more recently. But. To continue, uh, we've got at least one so far. She goes by the name Jenny Crisis, and her powers are basically that her emotions affect the world around her. And I don't mean that if she's depressed, her neighbor gets a sniffle. I mean, the whole entire world gets affected and in incredibly major ways. We first meet her at her birth at the turn of the century, right at midnight, right on schedule. Her birth resulted in the Y2K computer bug going away. Uh, later, we see her experience all kinds of emotions, from rage to being in love. And that ends up with tsunamis and inspiring artists across the world to create masterpieces. There's a true century baby here. Um, the outsiders are aware of her, drummer is anyway, and she convinces the rest to go after her. Batwing and Batwoman give chase while drummer waits her out. They talk, drummer and... <clears throat> excuse me, and Jenny, and uh, things get rocky, but it seems to end on an okay note. I can't really tell for certain, but it does appear that Jenny leaves the group and walks away. And it also appears like Drummer may or may not have followed. Um, little key note here, uh, people who haven't gotten into these century babies before, uh, they're not really human and uh, they don't have souls. It's it's definitely interesting. And uh, if you're not reading this book, you're broken, like deep down inside. <laughs> and this book, you don't have a soul. Book might fix it. <laughs> I have been waiting for this since issue number one. Man, so awesome. This isn't just long awaited for me, but also very very satisfying. We've got Carrie and Tadeo creating the perfect art for the series and i think the story is just great so far we've got a long way to go and they've got a lot of room to mess shit up but right now i'm pretty excited uh we've got a mention of the authority in here 
We've started with the Century Babies, and I'm certain we'll be getting more of all the different facets that this book has brought us. Um, okay, I, I, I kind of feel like I'm gushing a bit because, well, planetary, duh. But, um, yeah, I am gushing. Uh, 9.25 out of 10, and I'm shutting up now. I mean, no, feel free to say more. You it's fucking more. wonderful, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this, this was a good one. Um, definitely, uh, I, I know what it's trying to homage, um, very iconic issue of kind of the authority. Uh, I would say more the authority than Stormwatch, but, um, it's the, the famous Jenny Sparks origin story, which is like perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, like right down to the format, obviously they know what they're doing. Um, but aside from that, no, it, it does a job. It does its job and it does it very well. Um, the, the only, it's not really a gripe really. Like I, I, I enjoyed the issue quite a lot and the writing is still very strong and I'm, I'm engaged in the story. Really the only thing I had to talk about, so I'll just give my score, which is an 8.5. Really the only thing I had to talk about was just this concept of Jenny crisis. Um, because anyone who knows Jenny Sparks, more specifically the lineage of Jenny Sparks across each respective mm -hmm. century knows that each title is supposed to be kind of related to the i guess major innovation of the respective century so jenny sparks has the power of electricity because one of the driving forces of the 20th century is electricity mm -hmm. right jenny quantum has the power of i guess quantum dis slash re assemblance or something quantum like that mechanics. they didn't really go into it too much but yeah, it's it's sort of like her powers are obviously plugged into the idea of nuclear slash atomic energy, which of course driving force of twentieth century innovation. Um, so I I I got what they were going for because I was like, oh, that's really clever. Like they're trying to if if we're talking about major players in I guess twenty first century history, things that have shaped the world. Obviously, crises have been at the center yeah, of everything. most of it. You know, yes. Yeah. 2001 um but i just i don't know how well it works like i like the idea of it i like the idea that you're plugged into something that shapes the 21st century obviously a crisis it is an example of that but i just i just don't think it works as well as something like atomic quantum energy because that for me feels more in line with what the previous examples of of jenny had access to and i don't know I, I i think it's clever i think it works specifically for the dc universe because obviously they know their crisis better than anyone but i just i don't know i i i saw that and i was like that's smart i don't think it works i think it was a clever attempt but i don't know i i think you might have just swallowed your pride and gone with the quantum stuff in the past but that's just me other than that it's fine Yep, you're right. That's just you. <laughs> did, did you give a score? Uh, yeah, I said. It. Also, they okay. mentioned Jenny Quantum because she should be. Well, I, actually, that, that's yeah. a whole other can of worms because I don't even know what is in this new canon of some wild storm stuff and some not wild storm stuff. I don't even. I don't even know what happened and what has happened. I'm not gonna try and. Figure that shit out, but we're all they mention it, and they're just like 
there was a Jenny Quantum at some point, but she's not around anymore. So I don't know. So I she was around for the, the last fuck. century. We're still in the 21st century. She was she was this. Oh, yeah, she was the century. 21st century. That's right. Yeah, that was the point. So I was like, I um, unless unless like I think it would have worked better maybe if they'd done like a spirit of the decade thing, but obviously that's not that's not what it is. So I don't know. I was just like, this seems like a weird thing. Like, did she just go away? <laughs> Where did she go? It's not really how it works. Um, I don't know. Something happened. I guess, or maybe she's in we'll another. We'll find out what. Doesn't realize there's another spirit of the century claiming her name. Who knows? Uh oh, planetary wars. Brandon um, just well, that that wouldn't really next. work anyway. That, that's, <laughs> that's kind of a stupid idea, but um, yeah. Anyway, I, I just I was like, I think that's a cool attempt. I just don't know how much it works in line with other spirits of the century. We shall see. So I suspect that the planet, like the Wildstorm universe, where planetary took place and all that, is in the multiverse. It's it's a separate universe, and that drummer is from that universe and ended up in this world and mm -hmm. realizes that there's some similarities and figures that she will use her knowledge of all that went on in her world to um try to help this world knowing that you know century babies are a thing she knows jenny quantum and jenny sparks from her own world and knows that okay there's going to be a century baby here let's find it now that would make sense that would explain why there's a different spirit of the century yeah which which does no, that like i think that would be cool I just, yeah, I don't know. I because I... there's there's a lot of mystery in Drummer's past. Yeah, that that, that Lansing and Jenny Kelly haven't explored yet. Freaky. Um, I, I just <laughs> I don't know how much the idea of of crises being the driving energy of the century works. Right. Well, I, I, I don't mean, think it's so much the personal crisis. Worldwide I, crisis tied to anxiety and yeah, I, it's, I get it's, it. It's more I get so it. that. If you think about the stuff, the stuff that's affecting our planet right now, mm. since the 21st century started, um, we've, as a people, have come to recognize depression and anxiety as, as a mental state and illness a lot more as an open discussion. There's a lot more programs to help something like that. And it's not just whisked uh, under the rug like it was in the 20th century. Plus, add on to the fact that we are dealing with a global warming crisis, a climate crisis that is affecting the weather patterns all over the bloody planets. So when Jenny Crisis cries, it floods on the other side of the world. When she's happy, there's bright, sunny skies. Like, her idea of her powers as Jenny crisis is tied into um, exactly how you're describing it. It's, it's not only emotional, but it's in what's affecting the planet. Exactly. It's not even just mm -hmm. the idea of crisis, but the fact of, of like how, how you're just, crisis, yeah, it's not like DC universe. Yeah. Crisis. I, I just, not, I not, think... not even, not even the idea of a crisis. Like I, mm. I think it's just, just the <laughs> yeah. name they, they, they picked, but yeah. I don't think it's necessarily her powers are tied to the idea of a crisis is tied to what can be described as a crisis, mm. but 
you know, people going ape shit and, and scared, that could be a crisis. People um, just going wild and shooting up people all over the place, that could be a crisis. A flood or a tornado, that's a crisis. Um, and that's exactly what their powers are affecting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, well, it's just, I, I get that. Those are more negative changes, whereas I think a lot of the other stuff have both negative and positive qualities. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know. I, I, I get it. I do understand that. I think, honestly, what would have worked, and I know it would have been a ripoff of Warren Ellis's The Wild Storm, which is the reboot they did six years ago. But I, I think what would have worked better is, because they did an updated version of, I think she might have called herself Jenny Sparks, but it's something else. But her spirit of the century, I guess, power was technology, which I thought was really smart because I'm like, oh, my God, like the most driving innovator of all of development for the past 20 years has been has been technology, has been the Internet, um, has been all of that stuff. So I, I, I know it would have been a ripoff, but personally, if it wasn't going to be quantum energy, I think that would have been the smarter route to go. But that's just me. I, I just I think it should it shouldn't be necessarily like, yes, there's worldwide financial and economic crises and health crises and global warming crises, but those are more negative things. I'm talking about things that have both disastrous but also positive implications that push humanity further because it's mm-hmm. it, it should be that's also that that stuff. that is what a century baby is supposed to do is yes. help advance civilization. Um, you got a good point well, there. But, but their yeah. powers are also something that is tied to a major, I guess, development that also helps advance civilization, but also... That's true. And I mean, we saw her fall in love, and at the same time, that caused artists across the world to create or finish masterpieces. And we'll, we'll have to see where they're able to take us. We'll have to see. Jackson Lansing, don't mess it up. <laughs> anyway, that's I, I, mean, I don't want to go on a tangent. I just, I was like... I'll say it one more time. I thought it was a clever idea, a clever attempt, but it didn't quite pass. It didn't get the A from me, so I'm sorry. You got a Fair you got a B plus. That's good enough. That's like close to an That's A. That's good. That that was my perfect. It's like it's like it's like when a like when you write a paper for a class or something right that, and your professor's like, I don't think you hit the point quite right, but it was an interesting attempt. So I'll give you credit for that. So it's like that's that's how I feel. It's like, ouch. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Now, speaking as an outsider to outsiders, or at least an outsider of Wildstorm, I'll say, um, I enjoyed it quite a lot. I'm definitely invested into the story. I do not know as much as you guys do, so that gives me that kind of fresh outside perspective. Um uh-huh. Where, where, where? Yeah, like there's no other way to describe it. <laughs> no pun intended, but pun is definitely welcomed. Mm. Um, kind of perspective that that I I'm not combing through things with a fine tooth comb, uh, trying to find you know the similarities and well, you know this worked and this didn't. So like I I can almost enjoy it more because I've been where you guys are, where I'm like 
analyzing a story so tightly like okay i know where they want to go with this so let's see how they do it but i i'm just able to just like sit here and enjoy the ride and as to, as, to, as a ride is fucking yeah. awesome <laughs> i'm trying to i'm trying to um actually less but some some habits die hard Old it's habits die hard. it's in our nature as geeks to do that <laughs> all right i yeah. wouldn't even fight against it just let it let the um actually is come <laughs> oh my god um actually let it flow through mm. you let it flow yes. through you like rampant like emotions the geek force the geek i'll let it flow through me force. i'll let the um actually come to my lips yes feed Not the me. hate let it flow through you <laughs> um actually it's like ah oh, it feels so good <laughs> it's so good to say <laughs> and i feel no shame it must be great to be an american sometimes because like when when i do that when i say uh, i'm actually to someone and i correct someone it i get that like geek satisfaction and it feels so good but when i'm finally done talking and i see their face i just feel bad really? <laughs> oh. and that's probably a canadian thing i i don't know if Maybe if, a little if, bit i don't know Maybe if y'all americans bit. get that Feel bad for talking to people. I mean, feel, I feel feel bad it about telling the someone they're wrong. It. Yeah. Oh, it depends oh. on the extent of it. If it's like a really big correction, sometimes I'll be like, "Sorry, I didn't mean to like break your soul." But yeah, if it's like a minor thing, then I'm, I'll just say that shit and leave it there. Like I'll okay. I'll hear people on the street on the bus like talking about comics or superheroes, and I'm just like, mm. so like you can tell that they're only watching the movies, and they're like, yeah, well, this is a clear part of the character. I'm like so badly want to be like, uh, actually, no, it's not. Okay, <laughs> you don't get the character, and I just I I need to bite my tongue every time. They did so that to the character so simpletons hard. like you could understand them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You fucking plebe. Okay. <laughs> now, I'm going to try that transition I did just a second ago again because it was amazing. Yes, quickly. Um, art was fantastic. 8.5 out of 7. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. I yeah. didn't even realize you hadn't given your score yet. Yeah. I thought we were done. I, I was done with my review. I just, <laughs> I just hadn't given my score yet. So that's it. 8.5 out of 10. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> uh, I lost it now. I said something shit. about rampant emotions. Yeah. Oh, well. Damn. That, that, that's it. Speaking of rampant emotions, this mm -hmm. book is full of them. Uh, this is Green Lantern number eight, Numero Reet, uh, which I can't wait to come in the mail because I ordered that Kyle Rayner cover and I can't fucking wait. Doc Shaner one, right? Yeah. Super Ooh. jealous of yes. that shit right there, man. Yeah, I, I'm stoked. It hasn't shipped yet. Be. I'm getting worried. But <laughs> last time I ordered covers, it took three months to get here. <laughs> That's too long. And wow. Way too long. But Have they you had looked like at Big Boy Toy. Uh, what's it called? Big, Big Bad, Bad Toy Story? Yeah, that's where I ordered it from initially. That was the, the Green Lantern Sinestro covers, the, the core symbol covers for issue one. Wow. That's where and I ordered it from. And it took three months? Yeah, they had a printing issue. Ooh. Oh, I see. Yeah, gum, yeah. I guess so. It took a while for it to actually show up to them. And then when they finally got their copies, they saw that the print job was just a piece of shit. So they mm -hmm. sent it back to get reprinted properly. And that's why it took like three months to get here. Jeez. Yeah. But when it did show up, 
the two covers I got were mm-hmm. so beautiful. They are in plastic sleeves right now to be hung up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so this is Green Lantern number eight, written by Jeremy Adams with art from Amanke Nahuelpan. Uh, I do miss Romanico, but the, the Amanke is a welcome replacement. Colors from Romula Fajardo Jr. and letters from Dave Sharp with a beautiful main cover from Steve Beach. And That's I will, gorgeous. I will shout out again. Kyle looks kind of scary. Yeah, the Kyle, the Kyle looks kind of weird. <laughs> Almost like he's wearing a Howl mask with bad ears. Yeah really fucking weird for some reason i think with him not having the the whites in his eyes it makes him look kind of evil yeah it's not great (laughs) (laughs) uh also as i mentioned a beautiful variant cover from evan doc shaner uh as well as many more that Mm -hmm. i will not go into everyone but i really want to shout out that doc shaner cover because it's gorgeous um Hal Jordan looks a little too pissed off. Kyle yeah. looks a little too happy. And Kilowog like looks evil. a little too much like the bad guy from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Davy Jones? Davy Jones. <laughs> the Kraken or whatever. Yeah. Kilowog actually looks fucking good here. He, he, yeah, no, Kilowog looks great. amazing. It's, it's that just, was just it, there for yeah. the joke. It's just the Kyle. Yeah. He just looks evil. He looks too yeah. He does look, honestly... It's also with that particular smile, yeah. With the way that they drew his smile, and more particularly the way his hair is, he's coming across as Jokerized. Yeah, Mm. yeah, yeah. It's just a very sinister-looking smile, exactly. And a Joker-style haircut, which honestly, maybe, maybe I I don't, I don't know. I don't want to like speculate on some shit, but maybe more revealing. Once we get to the backup story, because I'm sure you noticed some parallels between that and another iconic story of an evil lantern. <laughs> Let us continue. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, we'll get into that. So we open up on Odim, uh, which took place in the past, where we get Razor's retelling of what happened to the blue uh, central power battery. Uh, where he was just meditating on Odim, and all of a sudden it blew the fuck up, uh, which devastated the planets, killed many, uh, but him and the remaining surviving blue lanterns did what they could without their lantern energy because you know their central battery is gone uh, to try and just save the planet as best they could. Uh, but then they were attacked by pirates who just laid waste to fucking everything. Um, Razor was able to- again. <laughs> Razor was able to stow away on one of the pirate ships until they got close to Earth, where they were supposed to be um, delivering some weapons, uh, which I think we heard about a couple of issues ago from Sinestro and the cronies he was running with. Um, and he was able to escape and made his way across the planet until he found Hal Jordan, uh, where he ended up with now. Um, and with that news out of the way, uh, Razor also reveals that the power batteries on Yzmalt and New Korugar, the red and yellow lanterns uh, respectively, have also been eliminated. And he believes that someone is targeting central power batteries all over the universe and says we need to deliver this news to the Guardians right now. 
Hal reveals that the United Planets are in charge, and Razor goes, we should tell them, use that ring, let's go the fuck up to space right now. Hal reveals that he can't do it, so Razor says, maybe you're just not trying hard enough. So Hal <laughs> goes and tries more. Uh, tries a few more times, maybe his willpower is just not strong enough, uh, but no matter how many times he tries, no matter how hard he wishes for it, his ring will not get him past the atmosphere. So he goes back to the trailer, finds Razor drinking a root beer, um, well, I mean, it's a cola, but he calls them Mountain Dew later, so... Right. I'm confused. This but Dew of the Mountain. This Dew of the Mountain. Um, so as Hal and Razor begin to try and figure out uh, a backup plan, in drives Carol Ferris, who is very worried and says, look, you could have fucking told us where you were. Uh, and then she meets Razor, and Razor reveals that to kind of let slip in front of Carol that they're heading off into space and Carol asks what, what's going on. And Hal says, is there a reason I should stay? Carol says nothing and then leaves. Um, but that's when Hal has an idea, um, gets razor in a bubble and they head off to Greenwich village in New York to none other than Madame Xanadu, who was waiting for them. She reveals that she also tried to help, <clears throat> excuse me, Sinestro get off planet weeks prior as she figured a rogue lantern like that should not really be on the planet and helping him get off planet is kind of a necessity. Um, and with that, she, she knows what's going on with the lantern energies and the emotional spectrum and reveals a couple of things to Hal that there is something different about his ring and that the green guards the secrets. You have to go back to the place that you felt power uh, which was somewhere in South America, I believe, when he was fighting Sinestro. Oh, no, it was in Spain. Um, and he felt an energy surge, which really power boosted his ring. I think it got up to like 200% energy or something like that. Something but just then, that. an explosion happens right in, into Madame Xanadu's parlor, where we get three of the United Planets lanterns um, here to capture Razor. Uh, is mistaking Hal for one of them, but then realizes his uniform is not the standard uniform that they are wearing, which looks kind of bloody weird, if you ask me. Um, and realizes his ring is not part of theirs, and he's a rogue lantern as well. So they bring the fight straight to him. Razor's doing what he can without any lantern energy, throwing rocks at a rhino. That's uh, not fucking helping. They go after him, and Hal tries to take on three lanterns at once, but this is when one of the lanterns uh, transfers his green energy into yellow energy, and one of the other lanterns fighting Razor goes from green to blue. <coughs> and... Excuse me, sorry, guys. No, you're good. And that just makes quick work of Razor and Hal right away, as they're both caught off guard. The three lanterns take Razor and fly off into space, uh, vowing that they will get some reinforcements and let the United Planets know that there is a lantern in 2814, which is quarantined. He should not be there, so they're going to figure that shit out. Um, Xanadu does reveal one more time to Hal that if you go to this place of power with the green, it will give you the answers you seek, I am sure of it. So he heads off to Spain and finds the place that he felt the power surge. The ground gives way underneath and opens into a massive hole uh, and that's where the issue ends. Next issue, The Secret of the Green. I have a lot of fucking theories, but before we get into that, 
it's a blast from the past in the 1990s. This is Green Lantern backup featuring Kyle Rayner. Good talk. Uh, story by Ron Mars with art from Dale Eaglesham, colors from Alex Gumaris, and letters from Dave Sharp. Kyle is reminiscing about his first adventures in New York where he was the only Green Lantern in the universe and he had to take on a giant robotic alien that was attacking in Midtown. Um, and it felt good that he had this job. He was a hero and nobody else was there to help pick up the slack. But now everything is so different. And then we see that he's drinking out of Radu's coffee and talking to Alex. But this is all a construct um, and someone for him to talk to and just reveal his thoughts to um, how as as much as he's happy, there's a core and he feels like he still belongs there at the same time. Everything's so different. He doesn't know what to do when that, you know, there's something is not quite right. Um, something feels wrong with the emotional spectrum and he doesn't know how to fix it. Uh, but that is when, you know, Sojourner arrives and Joe Moline uh, asks Kyle what's going on, if he's okay, and that all the other landers have been concerned. Uh, but she also uh, then reveals that uh, her and a few other lanterns um, have an idea of what's really going on with the United Planets and the whole lantern takeover, and Kyle's not going to like it. And with that, the pair take off uh, to whatever their next destination is, as Kyle asks Joe to tell him on the way. And next month, in part two of this three-part backup, we will see Jessica Cruz, um, which I think is very exciting. So, back up first, Brandon. I see where you're going yes. with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got it. I'm glad. You, but also, you're talking about an interview that I sent with Ron Mars, and it was like I, I didn't even notice it at first. That it was it was written by Ron Mars. Oh no, it was. Um, I sent a little while ago. I sent an interview with Ron Mars, um, and I think Jeremy Adams talking about this issue. Right. And Ron Mars was talking about this backup and basically saying that Kyle was in a similar place to spoilers. Hal Jordan mm. in uh, Green Lantern Forty Eight, where he's talking to construct versions of all the people in Coast City. Yeah, I mean, similar similar idea, I guess, but very different circumstance where where kyle was just using it as a sounding board where hal was trying to bring the city back to life (laughs) but both of them are processing their i guess you could say emotions by using people that they know from the past who are of course deceased yeah although yeah like you said very different conditions yeah um yeah it is an interesting parallel and the fact that they're both written by ron mars i think is no mistake (laughs) um so art throughout i will say right now was fantastic i really enjoyed it dale eaglesham's art um could have been better in certain places uh there was a clear contrast i felt between the the flashback to the the early days of new york and the present day um at least with kyle's costume it, it looked oddly different i'm not just talking about the symbol on his chest um it's kind of interesting how that worked out i maybe that's that's a testament to eagle shim uh like as he drew the whole backup that he was able to show that difference in time period but <clears throat> it, it was a little bit distracting for me 
but I still enjoyed it throughout the backup. I, I'm hoping we get a lot more answers by the end of this. And knowing what the backup is about now, it's not just a Kyle story. It's tying into the main story. And if Ron Mars is getting into the game with uh, Jeremy Adams and PKJ about building out this Green Lantern mythos and the overall um, uh, cosmic story, cosmic side of DC... I'm all for it. If Ron Mars is on that team, I am so fucking happy. Because um, it sounds like this backup is going to give us a lot of answers about the United Planets and what's really going on. And as for the main story, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> um, th- this stuff with the, the lantern batteries going kablooey, I'm thinking that's the United Planets. It's got to be. They're they're trying to consolidate all these energies. If you figure, ah, that's exactly what I was thinking. And yeah, that's why it's gonna piss Kyle off is because they're gonna go somewhat some like United Planets form of White Lantern. We'll see, because like as it stands right now, they have Green Lanterns using yellow and blue energy, but it's just the color of their suit and and ring changes. Like the symbol's still there, is still green. Mm-hmm. Um. It, it's it's interesting and and i have noted that this whole time not a single one of them i think either in um war journal or this not a single one of these united planets lanterns have been called green lanterns they've been called yeah, united planets lanterns yep and, it, and that's obviously very deliberate yep and hell even clarifies that in this issue as well saying he's a green lantern yeah exactly uh so some very interesting stuff going on um yeah if you figure as as razor reveals that the blue yellow and red lanterns are the power batteries are already gone uh and then we see yellow and blue energy being used here that's gotta be a connection um well yeah yeah, so it def- definitely feels like the United Planets are up to no good, which I think we knew about the entire fucking time. Um, also, mm-hmm. this thing with Xanadu and the Secret of the Green. Never up to good. Do y'all remember the New 52 series called Earth 2? Yeah. Uh, yes, and I wasn't very good. You can go hey, now. It, it... <laughs> oh. You can go spend some time on Earth 3, Brandon. It wasn't some... <laughs> wow, that was cruel, dude. Um, uh, It wasn't like... It wasn't going to win any Eisners, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I, I have almost a full run. In trade and floppy. See? Yeah. Good shit. That's, I enjoyed it that much. But more specifically, do y'all remember the first story arc, the first couple of issues, and the origin of Alan Scott? Nah... Yes. Offhand, no. Uh, I did read it though. Okay, so I know where you're going with this. Yeah, so Brandon knows exactly what I'm talking about, and Josh. And for those of you who don't know or don't remember, Alan Scott, uh, the Green Lantern on on New Fifty Two Earth Two, uh, his ring was formed in in much the same way as a train crash, but was formed by the green, as in the thing that gives the swamp thing his powers like the thing the the force the energy that exists within the earth the green the red the ross etc it was the green on earth too that gave alan scott his green lantern ring much like solomon grundy was created by i think it was the rot Mm -hmm. 
that I remember. So, yeah. So that being said, I'm thinking Hal's ring is somewhat tied to the green as they're hinting at with the secret of the green and it's clearly underground um it's tied to the green i think it's okay so i'll do it in reverse i just i'm sorry i don't mean to jump in i don't think it's tied to the green okay i think and this is gonna almost be like storyline capo but i think what we're gonna find out is that hell is so in is is Intrinsic. so thank you i couldn't get it out um that uh, uh the green lantern that you know uh put superman and, and 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 batman aside because those are debates all the hell can anyone really debate that hell jordan's mask is the pilot I'm thinking that he is able to conjure up his own ring because the because of how much of a green lantern he is. I mean that that was basically the whole plot of the end of Hal Jordan Renegade as well leading into the Hal and Pal's rebirth. He forged mm. his own ring from his own willpower. Yeah. And I think that something along those lines is what's going to be or have uh, be behind his, him being able to form this new ring. Part of him, I'm, I'm going to assume that uh, Manhunter Tech kind of played into it at the very least of giving him some sort of building material. Yeah, like they, they blasted that green energy at him and he has spent many years harnessing green energy. So I, I didn't take it as much of a surprise that he was able to control it, considering not too long ago, like we said, he forged his own green ring from his own willpower. Right. So that didn't surprise me. But what what's curious about all that is the fact that he can't leave the atmosphere. He's yeah. tied to the planet. And I think that's where the green comes in. That is... That does, very, give, that does give that does give it your your theory some credence for sure. Like there's um, also the if you if you remember even in, in the end of Blackest Night and into Brightest Day, the entity existed within the Earth as well. Oh, that's true. The White Lantern entity, uh, uh -huh. which was called the Entity, so it might also be tied to the Green because the Green is all about life as well, if I'm not mistaken, and obviously the entity, survival of the planet. Yeah. And the entity is the embodiment of life, so it's all tied together. Uh huh. Now, can I ask you guys a question, Rob? I haven't let you get your score yet, out. Um, but have we? <laughs> What's that? I was I was gonna say nine point five out of ten, but I'll give it a nine. It's it's a nine. Um, have we seen? Forgive my shitty memory, but have we actually seen any of the lanterns get destroyed? Uh, we, we saw the blue one at the beginning of this issue. Oh, okay, the blue one. We yeah. saw it get destroyed. Um, I mean, we saw it I think, explode, but we didn't really... Right. Like, I'm not convinced it was yeah. destroyed. I think it was just taken. That's what I think, too. And there's yeah. some kind of... They're trying to merge them, I'm maybe? Or unify them in some way? I, I don't know if it's so much merge them or unify them. I think they're just they're they're pulling a lot of fleas, collecting all the power batteries they can, mm. so they can 
I, I get what you're like in, in a way connect them like they'll still all be standalone power batteries but they'll be connected to the same like flow of energy and that's why these new lanterns can use different colors right I don't know man hot damn <laughs> all I know is it's got me invested like absolutely insane crazy amounts um, yeah. awesome story awesome art if you consider yourself even a minute Green Lantern fan, you've got to check this out. Yeah. Um, two things uh, first on the on, on, on in, in the first story, uh, Dew of the Mountain. It clearly was not Mountain Dew, as Rob no. mentioned. So it must be Coors Light. <laughs> <laughs> Those mountains are not green; they're blue. <laughs> Only when it's cold. Um, <laughs> And then uh, before I get to the second part, uh, is, is are, the clock on the cover? Is there anything y'all are picking up from that? I feel like I mean, it's got this whole thing to do with the, the tagline "Countdown to Armageddon." Oh I yes, Countdown no idea what that means. But there's it's only got some of the numbers. Yeah, it's, that's because Hal's blocking the rest. Well, I mean, one at the very least would be visible. I mean, there's, be able the, to see the sun. The sun is shining on it. If you notice the the other the other numbers are in the dark part dark. of the planet, yeah, that's true. That's true. But, all right, so there we go. Mystery solved. Uh, the second part, Kyle's back, baby, and that one doesn't change like Moon Knight did earlier. Um, and it's <laughs> damn good, Kyle too. Uh, loving the voice, the art is not hard to look at whatsoever, uh, and um, it was it was. It was perfect for a small Kyle story. I'm just going to say that. Uh, next month is Je Jessica Cruz. We're going to get to the bottom of the United Planets mystery one way, the, one way or another. As long as it doesn't kill Kyle, Jess, or Joe, and they can stick around, I'm going to be happy. The whole issue is good, y'all. Um, you're really missing out as a Green Lantern um, fan or just period on a green lantern story if you are not reading this i gave it an 8.75 out of 10 yeah i suspect part three of this this kyle backup will be um simon will show up perhaps <clears throat> i hope so yeah man you I want to talk so. about lantern that doesn't get any love that's because uh... most of the lantern community fucking hates him <laughs> you know what i'm bumping this up to a nine Hell yeah. Brandon. Big BC, where are you at, man? Yes. Uh, no, this, this issue was solid. Uh, definitely enjoyed the main story. Um, and interested to see where they go with this mysterious green, whether or not it actually is connected to the green that we know, or I don't know, some new definition of exists, or maybe it is actually related to the entity, uh, like Rob said. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, no, solid stuff. Um, honestly, the backup was was kind of disappointing. I'm not going to lie. Um, ah, I, I I didn't oh dislike no. it. I, I, just, I get it, though. I get it. I just kind of thought it was a little bland. I don't know. Um, yeah. Like I, like I, 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 I honestly can kind of agree. Yeah, like it was fine, and it's it's nice to see Ron Mars do Kyle again, and I'm mm -hmm. glad that they're trying to find something for him to do, but it just felt like 
Okay, I don't know how much you guys remember from the Green Lantern 80th anniversary special. Um, I read it many maybe, times. Maybe nothing. That's totally fine. But um, Ron Mars also had a story in there with Daryl Banks, and you know, everyone was like, "Oh my God, reunion!" Like, great to see them work together again. And that story was basically just this story, but not in the current continuity like it was it was almost exactly the same thing it was just like i was the torchbearer i was there because no one else was there and i did that and stuff and i was like yes all that stuff is true but like i don't know like i get that story is like what maybe two three years old at this point so i understand there's been time and sure you can make the point again but i guess i was just expecting something new like if we're gonna talk about a new direction for kyle or something to do I just I don't need to hear the same thing over and over again. Like my glory days are behind me. I was a torchbearer. Like he's like the the drunk guy at the bar who keeps talking about his glory. Days. <laughs> <laughs> like, True right. story. Okay. I was the yeah, only like, lantern you know, in the universe. Did you know that? I, you know I was hot <laughs> shit. Like okay, that, yes I get Man, it. You, said you that should have saw me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, okay. Can we please say something new? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like it's fine, and it's great seeing Dale Eaglesham do lantern stuff. He's always at the top of his game. But I honestly, I was kind of disappointed. Like I, I expected something more, and it just felt like we were doing the same shit again. So. Um, for that, I was a little disappointed, and honestly, the store the score kind of got knocked down for me. But aside from that, the main story is still interesting, so you know, there's good stuff there. Wait, what was the score? 8.25. Oh, okay, now I honestly completely understand that. Like, I, I was kind of feeling it a bit where okay, this is just like Ron Mars recapping Kyle mm-hmm. and like that's basically it um but what got me excited was the last like page or two with joe and that that the tease of more to come like it was that tease and like okay now i know where ron is going with this and now i'm excited like that's that's ultimately what i enjoyed about it but i I completely agree like the first couple of pages was just like okay this is just a huge recap no, that was honestly that was that was how I felt too. Where it was like I was I was getting into it by the end, but then the story ended, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was hoping for more out of the backup, but I I'm yeah. looking forward to the next two parts. Yeah, you're muted, Josh. You know what? No, I'll just tell you after we do the top three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So with that. It's time for top three. Indeedly do. I guess I'll go first so the suspense doesn't have to build. Um, <laughs> first, let me do the top three. This was a tough one, but third only got third because planetary. Um, in third, I gave it to Red Hood. In number two, we've got Outsiders. And number one, it was Batman, obviously, to find out why. You're just going to have to trust us or listen to the bonus show. My... Favorite moment, it was emotional, it was written well, it was drawn fantastic. The whole thing was a chef's kiss, and that was seeing Kyle for the first time forever and seeing him talk to Alex. Um, that was that was my favorite moment for sure. Right on. Uh, the one you guys just shit all over. 
<laughs> same thing over again like okay again like the only thing i can draw a comparison to is the drunk guy who's literally just like i was a green lancer once and i had lots of i the great adventures once i was the only one who ever and it's like oh my god shut up you heard that before we get it Do something else we right. actually we actually get one here in a little bit on the bonus show in the red in red hood the hill yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. True story. Well, he, he wasn't enough. <laughs> the guy who can't stop living in the past. Um, yeah. All right, Brandon, what's your top three? Oh, let's see. Uh, number three, I had Green Lantern, number eight. Number two, I had Outsiders, number four. Uh, but number one, I had to give to Batman and Robin, number six, which also had Ooh. my favorite moment, which really anything from the whole exchange between uh bruce and damien but i i just loved they they really committed to the bit and they had that double page spread of the adventures of damien vane and the prince of crows yeah and i just that was oh that looks exactly like what a teenager would draw for their first comic yeah that was kind of cool yeah uh for me i am going to put um shit what was it yes <laughs> it's gonna be weird sinister sun's number one at number three and for that you've got to figure out why or you'll you will hear why in the bonus show um blue beetle number six at number two and green lantern at number one um as they both got my nines uh and favorite moments i'm kind of torn between the revelation of a united planet lantern turning yellow and blue but right. more so when jaime was able to stand up and activate legato mode every time i see him activate legato mode legato. i was like yes yes battleizer <laughs> let's go kick his ass <laughs> so cool like, oh, the story is ending now yeah <laughs> <laughs> mode activated like oh the 90s power rangers are so strong <laughs> Yeah, it just brings me that joy I had when I was like 10 years old watching it on fucking uh, hell. What was it? Time Force? <laughs> Power Rangers Time Force? Or maybe Lightspeed Rescue had one? I don't even remember which one I had. I think In Space had one. It was one of the uh, giant fucking breastplate. It was really weird. Anyway. Yeah, there's way too many Power Rangers series to even know. I've not heard of any of the ones that you just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> they were all like like season four, five, six. Okay, so quite a while ago. Yeah. All right, well, I guess that is it. Yeah, well, what were you going to say? About what? You, you, were, you were saying something mute, and then you said you'll wait till the top three. Oh, that my favorite moment was the one y'all were pooping on? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Like triumph the insult dog. Yeah. <laughs> an excellent favored moment for me to boop the boop on. <laughs> Fuck. He was All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you everybody for watching. We will be back next week covering all of DC's weekly releases. Same geek time, same geek channel. Like we said, that is the show. So we're getting out of here. That means you have to as well. Be careful out there and remember in the geek matrix, everybody has a home. In the Geek Matrix, you are not alone. There we go.